Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my girlfriend Jessica. Hey! Hello! And it is a paranormal week here on the pod. So as you guys can see from the title, we are going to be talking about Oklahoma urban legends slash maybe some haunt situation. We'll see where where the episode takes us. (laughs) We did a California one like a couple weeks ago, month ago. I don't even remember at this point. Forgive me, guys. I've been up since 3 a.m. It's fine. And you guys liked that and requested more states. So we're doing my new home state for now. (laughs) (laughs) the land of my people yes (laughs) where my dad came from yes exactly actually my great grandma's family came from oklahoma too so that's fun and i think it's funny they both ended up in northern california (laughs) (laughs) it's because it looks the same (laughs) it's literally like if you are from northern california if you drive through oklahoma you will just be like it's flat northern california Dude, it's such a mind fuck, especially when I okay, we're just gonna ramble. If you're new here, hi, thank you for listening. <laughs> hi, but in. we normally we normally don't do this, but I had to go take my fiance to work at three in the morning. So fucking drinking coffee at eight, almost nine o'clock at night. So that's where we are. Yeah, no, like for the first little bit when I first got here, I just kept my brain kept being like, What the fuck? Why am I back home right now? <laughs> like it's so fucking crazy. It's so similar. The last time I was there my, I was in the back of my uncle's truck. We were driving from Tulsa to Pahuska mm-hmm. to go to the Pioneer Woman because, you know, it's what you do in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were on this road and I, I don't like it may have been a highway. I'm not sure. And I was just sitting there looking and I was like, oh, my God, if this is not the drive from fucking Chico to Las Molinas, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. This yes. is literally the fucking same and i was like is. this is cool and then i literally out loud was just like i said to my uncle i was like i understand why dad ended up in northern california because he lived in like southern california and then he came up there and he was like mm. oh shit this feels like home that's what happened with my family too that's crazy except for we have the dryness and not the moisture yeah this is true you know and no tornadoes over there <laughs> but we have some we get tornadoes <laughs> yes. in northern california they're just not like epic. it's a little get, different like, it's a little different <laughs> here's the thing in oklahoma people get like the different kind of excited when when tornadoes come they get batting down the hatches excited 
in California, mm-hmm. you get the dumbasses out there who are like, look at this, look at the tunnel, look at this. Oh my god! Look at look at that, and you're like, no, right. no, that's get it, get away from it. Yeah, for real, Jesus. Imagine sleeping at your favorite hotel every night. That's exactly what slipping into Etitude's clean bamboo sheets feels like. When we say it's the most comfortable fabric you'll ever feel, we mean it. Etitude sheets are luxuriously soft, as smooth as silk, and more breathable than cotton and hypoallergenic. Etitude's sustainable bedding is made from the world's first non-toxic bamboo fabric. So you can rest easy knowing your bedding is free from harmful chemicals and better for you and the planet. And right now, Etitude is offering Three Spooked Girls listeners $25 off their first bedding order with code SPOOKEDGIRLS. These have quickly become my most favorite sheets I have ever owned, and I'm completely serious. Like I briefly mentioned, they are super breathable and hypoallergenic. I have very sensitive skin, so I have to be super, super careful. And as my fiance refers to me, I am a human furnace, and these do not make me sweat. So the combo between being super buttery and the fact that I don't wake up dying of sweat is a win-win for me. They seriously are all about good sleep. Etitude wants to help you feel your most rested and energized self, and you only get that with good quality sleep. Slipping into these light, buttery sheets is like a shortcut to true beauty sleep. They're unbelievably soft, gentle on all hair types and skin types, and like I said, hypoallergenic. So you'll never wake up from irritations or allergens ever again. Don't forget, you can get $25 off your bedding order for a limited time when you visit attitude.com slash spookedgirls. That's spelled E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash spookedgirls. The Etitude team is so sure you'll love your new sheets that you can try them for 30 nights risk-free and return them no questions asked. And don't worry, none of their returns ever go to waste. Each sheet, pillowcase, and everything in between is given a second life through their Take Back and Donations program. Again, that's Etitude.com slash spookedgirls. Happy sleeping, spooksters. All right. Well, with that, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and get into our normal spiel. So if you are new here, again, we normally don't ramble that much, but I instigated that because I'm very tired, but it's okay. If you would like to hang out with us on social media and you are not, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. And our amazing, amazing Facebook group that we love so much is Three Spooked Girls Official. We do book club, gift exchanges, announcements, all sorts of stuff. We also have the Spookster Shop, which is also in the link tree. And we have everything in our link tree in our notes for you guys. It's kind of like our little... Kind of like a boutique, kind of like an extended merch thing. It just kind of depends on where the wind takes us. Jessica does blind dates with books. I do tarot readings and relationship readings. And then I have some fun stuff. I just had cleansing sprays that sold out. And then I also did a crystal little crescent moon bowl, which was super cute. And those, I in real time, I have one more. I might just be like, they're sold out because I kind of want to keep it. <laughs> but we'll see. 
But yeah, definitely check that out. And if you would like to support the show, you guys can go to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls for as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month, five and up, you get video content from Jessica and I, we each have our own monthly segments that we do together. And then we also put ad free episodes that air the day before publish day here on the main feed. And something we don't ask very often, but we probably should get in a better habit of because you guys are amazing. If you have not whatever platform you're on, if you could leave us a five-star review, that would help us out so, so, so much. We would appreciate it. Yeah, to cancel the, all those non-five-star ads that would tell people or people who tell us we curse too much. Which I mean is fine. You know, we're not for everybody, but I feel they must have listened to like older episodes because I feel like we don't curse as much when we're doing like you know, case. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like we've gotten better with cussing. <laughs> what was the one case? We did one case and Ashley, our mod, like counted how many mm. times you said fuck and it was like Oh my God. Something. I think, yeah. See, that's different. That was a table talk, first of all. That was a daybell one. That was with the 48 oh, hours of those kids being yeah. like, yeah, it was a thing. But anyways, all right, well, we are going to go ahead and get into this episode because this intro is way too long for my liking. (laughs) (laughs) So Jessica, go ahead and go ahead and tell us our first creepy thing. Okay, so this article is brought to you by Travel OK. We're not sponsored. Mm -hmm. I just really wanted to be cringy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and we always give credit where we get when we do these list episodes. So I liked it. I liked it. Okay, so our first one is going to be the Elmer McCurdy, the Sideshow Mummy. I believe it's in a town called Guthrie. Elmer McCurdy is more famous for what happened after his death than anything he did in his life. Many people believe that he was an outlaw, a drunk, and part of a notoriously incompetent gang that roamed Oklahoma (laughs) and the surrounding states during the turn of the century. By all accounts, Elmer should have been forgotten after he was killed during a shootout in 1911. Instead, Elmer's corpse has take, was taken to a funeral home in Pahuska, Oklahoma, where the undertaker decided to embalm the unclaimed remains. He, ch- <laughs> he charged visitors a nickel to see the mummy, quote, in quotes, for several mm-hmm. years before a circus man claiming that he was McCurdy's relative swindled the funeral home into selling him McCurdy's corpse. After the body... <laughs> So fucking morbid. I love it, though. After the body was bought and sold numerous times as part of a variety of freak shows, carnivals and traveling acts for a decade. Oh, my God. That would just be it's just it's so gross. Like <laughs> just some dead dude. In the 1970s, his remains made their way to, to Long Beach hmm. where they were put on display in an amusement park. The popular television show, The Six Million Dollar Man, was filming in the park in 1976 when the crew moved what they thought was a mannequin and broke off (gasps) one of the arms, proving without a doubt that it was an actual man. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. No. (laughs) Can you imagine that person was just like... That poor person. Probably scarred for fucking life. Oh, my God. Happened in 76. Dude's still not over it. Mm Mm-mm. After some research, the body was identified as Elmer McCurdy and was finally buried in the Boot Hill section of the Cement View Cemetery in Guthrie on April 22, 1977, after more than 60 years on the road. The local medical examiner ordered that two cubic yards of cement be poured on top of Elmer's grave, ensuring that his remains will never be disturbed again. 
murder mystery weekends at the Stone Lion Inn sometimes include the visit to the grave. Wow. I am so here for that. I'm going to have to go. (laughs) I don't think it's that far from me. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, the fact that this dude, oh, my God. The shit people pulled off in the early 1900s. (laughs) For real. It's fucking crazy. Alrighty, so our next one is Magnetic Hill in Springer. Witness a roadside attraction that seems to defy the forces of gravity by driving to Springer's famous Magnetic Hill. If you park your car at the bottom of the hill on Pioneer Road and put it in neutral, you'll feel your car being pulled uphill as you let off the brake. Oh my god, that's scary. (laughs) That would freak me out so bad. Many explanations are given for this fun mystery. Locals think that the ghost of car crashes past are the ones moving your car away from where they died. There are also tales of a magnetic force in the area strong enough to crash a plane. Located just off I-35 between Ardmore and Davis, Pioneer Road is the rural area and it is advised that some people look out for traffic on the side of the road while attempting to be pulled by Magnetic Hill. Interesting. Interesting. Oh my god. I don't want to do that because, like, I feel like something will go wrong. Right? And then I would be a ghost there pulling cars. Maybe that's no. a way of getting, like, more ghosts. It's like, that's how the ghosts are doing this. They want more friends. Gotcha. That's what this is about. Mm. I get it. Aw. They want to have a big party. Oh, okay. I don't blame them for that. Okay. I'm so excited. The next one, you know I love myself some Bigfoot stories. The next yep, one, Bigfoot yep. in Tahina. I don't know how to say this name. Tally Hina. Tally Hina. Sure. Like right now. Someone's yelling at us. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people are. Yeah, because apparently a bunch of spooksters live in Oklahoma. So they're probably all yelling at us right now. I'm so sorry. Here's the thing. <laughs> My family is like, no, Jessica, that's not how you say that word. I'm from California. OK, <laughs> we have equally Same. hard things to pronounce. So, yes. OK, Bigfoot. Let's go. Bigfoot stories have been a staple in southwest Oklahoma for decades. I didn't know this. Why has no one told me this? Southeast, southeast. Oh, did I say southwest? Southeast Oklahoma for decades. In (laughs) fact, the heavy forested area is said to be one of the most active areas for Bigfoot sightings in the country. I think Washington, Oregon, and the Santa Cruz Mountains are going to argue with that, but okay. Yeah, I was going to say, we did a whole Bigfoot episode, and I don't remember this. (laughs) At all. Okay. Zero. (laughs) Fucking zero. Okay. That's where Bigfoot vacations. It's fine. Oh. Okay, I get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This this is why no one can catch him, because he's like, he makes a sighting, and then he's like, oh, crap, I got to go, and he hides out in Oklahoma. Smart man. Yup. One of the first sightings occurred in 1970 when a group of local high school kids decided to cruise the foggy back roads of Talhina, Talihina. I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> after, an evening, <laughs> after an evening pep rally, they pulled over and one of the teenage boys wandered away from the group and into the edge of the surrounding forest. It was here he caught a glimpse of what the locals have now dubbed the Green Hill Monster <laughs> in the southeastern Oklahoma. A hideous creature, several feet tall, or several feet taller than a human, and covered in long, matted hair. The boy ran back to the car in fright, and the group quickly sped away down the road that led to town. After they reported the sighting, the police and the local sheriff investigated the area. He found several dead deer in the vicinity and immediately (gasps) forbid anyone from going into the woods at night near the attack. The creature was never caught, Mm. which, duh, 
it would have been on the circuit with Elmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can hear more terrifying encounters and personal accounts of the mysterious Green Hill Monster. There's a Bigfoot Festival and Conference. The Hanoboa Bigfoot Festival and Conference that takes place near Beaver's Bend State Park each year. I can say Beaver's Bend. I got that. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go there. I want to go. That's fun. Oh, I feel like, I mean, okay, so this next one is one of those that's like a lot of states have a crybaby bridge. Mm-hmm. But I think. I know we talked about we did Oklahoma haunts at some point. So this might be one we did like back in the day. Possibly. It sounds familiar. Okay, so Crybaby Bridge in Catoosa. According to local legend, a Catoosa woman raced across Old Boggy Creek Bridge on Friday, June 13th, 1924. A fierce storm had broken out and the woman was trying to hurry home. The only other passenger, her newborn baby, which rested in the seat beside her, As mother and child crossed the bridge, a crackle of lightning frightened the horses that were pulling the carriage. They bucked off wildly and tipped the carriage over. During the chaos, the mother lost hold of her infant as she frantically searched the bridge, yelling for help in the pouring rain. She heard her baby let out a cry from the river below. She leaned over the edge of the damaged bridge and in doing so, lost her footing and fell into the river. The mother and child were never seen again. It's said that if you go out to Old Boggy Creek Bridge on Friday the 13th, you can still hear the baby crying. Each year following the accident, roses were placed at two unmarked graves near the bridge, but ceased after Bessie and Clissy were written on one of the headstones decades later. The bridge was bypassed in 2001 and is not open to the public, but it is still clearly visible from Keatonville Road. Yeah, I feel like a lot, it's like the white lady. Mm-hmm the crybaby bridge thing like it's it's in a lot of different areas so definitely have heard some kind of variation of that before for sure yes okay our next one is the hex house in tulsa the famous tulsa hex house lives in the city's annual hex house haunted attractions one of the scariest halloween haunts in the state Ooh. the original legend begins with carol ann a woman carol ann smith a woman who went by several names in tulsa in the tulsa area in 1944. After noticing some suspicious behavior, the police searched Carol's home at 10 East 21st Street. I'm going to just pause a minute. Every time I have to address a letter to my aunt or my cousins, my aunt and uncle or my mm-hmm. cousins, I am like, am I reading this right? Because this isn't particularly this one, but there will be like, t- mm-hmm. there will be streets where it'll be like East 21st Street North. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is annoying. I don't know how this works because that's not. <laughs> I'm always like texting them like, is this right? And they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not a normal thing for me. Totally normal <laughs> thing for you. Not for me. Oh, we don't gosh. have a north or south or east or west on an east street already. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So Carol's 10 East 21st Street and found two women living as real quote-unquote religious slaves in the dark unheated basement Mm. supposedly under hypnosis or some kind of hex carol forced them to live in cages with barely any food for over seven years they were oh my god they were only allowed outside to go to work and even gave smith their paychecks at the promise of great reward Mm. Smith lived off several life insurance policies that she'd been collecting under suspicious circumstances. It was widely believed that she planned on taking out insurances on the two women as well. Smith 
was never charged with murder, but did jail time after the investigation. Upon her release, she fled the state. The house was a popular spooky site visited by teenagers until it was torn down in 1975. The basement was supposedly still intact under the paved parking lot, and the story lives on to inspire the Tulsa Hex House haunted attraction. Wow, she's like, it was very similar to Dorothea Puente. Right? These ladies, sometimes. Interesting. It is International Women's Month, or was yes. International Women's Day, but you know what I'm saying. We're in the month, though, so. That's yes. True. <laughs> All right. The next one is Shaman's Portal Beaver. <laughs> Beaver Dunes Park in Oklahoma's Panhandle is known as a great place for ATV riding with over 300 acres of sand dunes. Ooh, that sounds fun. But it is also notoriously called Oklahoma's Bermuda Triangle. Mm, not so fun. <laughs> For strange occurrences dating back to the times of the Spanish explorer Coronado, Native Americans tried to warn Coronado of the perils of the dunes, but he didn't listen. Of course not. Three of his men disappeared into the paranormal flashes of green <gasps> aliens, green light while exploring the area without any signs, according to Coronado's journal. Ever since, there have been accounts of other people who have simply vanished into a mysterious alternate dimension in the same way. No definitive explanation has ever been given, but it is often thought that the poor souls are unfortunate victims of what has since been named Shaman's Portal. Okay, just kidding. I'm not going to go ride a four-wheeler there. <laughs> Never mind, guys. I think my cousins go there. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Okay, we are going to another article, which is Top 10 Most Terrifying Oklahoma Urban Legends and Hauntings. Yes, but I don't know if any are repeats. That one's not. If they are, it will be less than 10. Number one, <laughs> the Bluebell Saloon. Oh, it will. It will. It will for sure because the Hex House is on here. Got it. Okay. And the Shamans. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just checking for us real quick. So eight. So eight. Okay, so guys, eight. eight. <laughs> the Bluebell Saloon. The Bluebell Saloon is located in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Guthrie? I don't know how to say it. We... I just need someone from Oklahoma to call me. This one should sound familiar as it is one of the most talked about hauntings in this part of this hauntings in this part of the state. The Bluebell Saloon was a saloon and a brothel back in the day. There were tons of stories that involved murder and all kinds of bloody tales throughout its long history. People have reported seeing the former Madam Lizzie, ooh, Madam Lizzie, mm. among the ghostly apparitions <laughs> of her working girls. Some were rumored to be murdered and even buried in or near the saloon. Not just ghosts, there are all kinds of unexplained noises, voices, and cries that can be heard as well. Even objects are being moved about on their own, according to those who have visited. Wow. All right. This is dipping into true crime in this. So number two, the uh, second one is Camp Scott Girl Scout. A true, tragic, and terrifying story that isn't a myth. It actually happened in... No, it's not. See, this is an older article. Didn't they solve that? It's the, about, it's the camp where the Girl Scout murders happened. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm nodding for no reason. No, you're fine. <laughs> so, little backstory for those that don't know. Back in 1977, at Camp Scott in Locust Grove, Oklahoma, a group of Girl Scouts, three total, were attacked and killed by a homicidal maniac. Prior to the murders, camp counselors found a note that said three campers would be killed and warned that horrible things would occur once the camp was open for the season. This was found two weeks before the girls were attacked. Prime suspect of the murders was an escaped prisoner named Jean Leroy Hart, who had been hiding out in the woods and caves in the area. 
He was eventually arrested but found not guilty on the crime, of the crime due to lack of evidence at the scene. In years later, DNA tests have been performed and all have been inconclusive, except, like I said, like just confirmed. They definitely figured out who it was, didn't they? I'm going to look it up. In 2022, authorities made public the DNA evidence strongly suggests Hart's involvement. Sheriff Mike Reed of Mays County says, unless something new comes up, something brought to light that we're not aware of, I'm convinced that I'm sitting on Hart's guilt and involvement in the mm, case. So. so they think it is Hart. Yeah, it, I mean, the first time they did the DNA test was in 1989. So, mm-hmm. like, that would make sense. Yeah. This is one of those cases that's on our to, like, to cover yeah. here on the show. So, like, Tara and I typically don't read ahead. The main no. <laughs> yeah. Then we just have all this knowledge. Right. Yeah, no, but I remember it did come up. So you said 2022. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember it did come up in the news. So I was like, did it get solved or what? And isn't he dead? Or is he alive? Yeah. On June 4th, 1979, two years after the murders, heart collapsed and died of a heart attack mm. at the age of 35. Well, after an hour of lifting weights and jogging in the prison yard. Hmm. Oh, he was a convicted rapist. And he got 300 well, years. sucks to be a piece of shit. Oh, at that point, he had 305 years of his 308-year sentence left to serve. Hmm. Sucks to suck, bro. Yep. But yes, that one's on our, our, our big list. Number three, the Purple Church. I'm very excited about this. I didn't <laughs> You'll find it in Spencer, Oklahoma. The Purple Church is one spooky place. Those who braved the trip have visited the location and even reported seeing ghosts, hearing all kinds of crazy noises, including animals. Some have been touched, grabbed, and even scratched by unforeseen forces. According to the legend, the spot has been used for satanic rituals and witchcraft throughout the years. The entire place smells of death, according to those who have been there. Paranormal investigators have even said they've seen robed figures, and others have been chased away by unknown persons using (laughs) the spot for rituals. It's not really a church. It's an abandoned cellar that was reportedly used for evil purposes. Mm. Then why is it called the Purple Church? There have been numerous accounts of seeing dead animals <gasps> all around and, it, and possibly used for sacrifices. Mm. The Purple Church has a truly terrifying feel to it and a long history of the paranormal. Creepy. I don't like that. I don't want to go there. No, no. I'm okay. Ooh, this one's an OKC. The Skirvin Hotel. It's been called the most haunted hotel in all of Oklahoma and ranks in the top five of the most haunted locations in the entire U.S. I feel like everybody says that. We t- every time we d- do a hotel or something and they're like, it's the most haunted hotel in the state. And you're like, yeah, so is the one four spaces down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is said that this hotel is a paranormal investigator's dream come true. Those who have stayed at the hotel tell stories of hearing strange noises and seeing objects move by themselves. Some have even said they saw a female ghost wandering the halls and heard slamming doors, glass breaking, and a woman and child crying. The story goes that Mr. Skirvin was inappropriately involved with the hotel maid who got pregnant. To avoid all the controversy, since he was a married man, he locked the maid named Effie in a room on the 10th floor. She was a prisoner even after her child was born and was never allowed to leave the room she was locked in. The only means of escape Effie thought she had was to leap out the 10th story window along with her baby, taking their lives. A tragic story that turns into a ghost story. Mm, That is sad. 
Okay, number six, the Stone Lion Inn. Back to Guttree or whatever this name is called. People Man, they of this a town, a lot of stuff. Yeah, people in this town are gonna hate me. They're just gonna like write <laughs> e- us emails about how I am just the rudest pronunciator uh, out there. No. I'm sorry that I am uncultured. <laughs> okay, Guttree, Oklahoma makes the list again with the most haunted mansion in Oklahoma, the mm. Stone Lion Inn. This scary story has ghosts, mummies, witchcrafts, devil worshippers, and all kinds of nightmare fuel. Amazing. I know. I, I like this so far. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally built back in 1907 and at one time was used as a funeral home. Mm. Oh, my God. Some of the stuff. <laughs> well, that's why it's haunted. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there more haunted, like, funeral homes? Is it just because, like, they're so used to it? Be like, this place is haunted. Sorry. Possibly. I'm sorry. I went down a, a squirrel trail. Okay. <laughs> where was I? Okay. Some of the stories involve around the current owner, Becky Luker, who has been accused of doing witchcraft and performing satanic rituals at the local cemetery with guests who are staying at the Stone Lion Inn. I mean, if mm. you're going to like, it's an, it's an ambiance thing, people. If you're going to have, it's an experience. <laughs> Okay. One of the strange, one of the strangest stories is about a man by the name of Elmer McCurdy, <gasps> who we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. yes. who was turned into a mummy. He was put on display, and people would pay to see his mummified corpse. It's a crazy story, one worth hearing. Better yet, experiencing. You can actually stay in the inn itself, or that you can actually stay at the inn. It's a bed and breakfast, and even do murder mysteries. Tara, we're doing murder mysteries. Why didn't they mention that? Shit, when we talked about him earlier. They did. <laughs> the murder mysteries? Yeah, because they, they take them to his grave. Oh, I thought it just said like a tour or something. Okay, mm-hmm. again, super tired, guys. Sorry. Okay, so our next one is the Masonic Children's Home. Also in that same town. <laughs> it says, <laughs> which, if you haven't figured it out yet, could be called the most haunted town in Oklahoma. I believe it now. I mean, at this point, we have several instances where it's true. Oh, for real. Okay, so this place is now called the Dominion House. It's a luxury hotel and getaway, but it was originally built back in 1923 and up until the mid-1970s served as a children's home. There's stories of bodies being found on the property and of a headmistress who would do terrible things to children who were living there. Another tale is of a maintenance man who hung himself inside. Those who have visited the location have reported hearing voices and seeing ghosts wander the halls and rooms throughout the building. It's beautiful both inside and out, but certainly has a creepy feel to it. Most people use it for (laughs) weddings, receptions, and other events. (laughs) It's a happy place now, but it has a past that was dark and horrible. Damn. I mean, Tara. Mm, no. <laughs> no. No, no. No wedding there. Sorry. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> the, number nine, the stickini? It's like bikini with a ST. I just need to like, I literally should just, I wish I had my cousin's current phone number. I'd be like, how the fuck do you say this shit? If you lived in Oklahoma for a while, I'm sure you're all too familiar with the legend of the Stakini. The tale is of Native American origin. They are shapeshifters that transform into an owl-like creature at night. During the day, they look like ordinary people, but once it's dark out, they turn themselves into a hybrid of a human and an owl. That would freak me out because I'm afraid of birds. (laughs) 
<laughs> they have been described as witch-like creatures, not fully human or owl when they transform. They prey on sleeping humans and eat their hearts. Oh. To change from human to stakini, they must vomit up and remove their intestinal organs and hide them somewhere in the woods, usually on or near a tree. Hmm. They, after they feed and they return to the woods, retrieve their organs and reinsert them in order to transform back into the humans. They are the one of the most terrifying Native American legends and the stuff of nightmares. I mean, I would be very freaked out if I saw a human vomiting up their intestines. That would freak me out. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, for sure. No, thank you. You're ever in the woods and you and you see what appears to be a skinny witch looking figure wandering through the trees. Run. Yeah, no kidding. Goodbye. <laughs> Not later, people. <laughs> For real. All righty. So our last topic of the episode is the Bird Creek in Pahuska. Oh, the Bird Creek School. I don't know what's with this. They're not putting the full name in the title, but it's fine. It was built back in 1939 and was a small schoolhouse that served the small rural town around it. Not much is known about the school or its students. The school closed sometime in the 1960s and was used as a community center for a while and was later abandoned. If you visit the school, go inside and write your name on the chalkboard. Walk out, wait a while, and then when you walk back in, your name has been mysteriously erased from the board. The invisible hands, ghosts from prior students, erase names and other messages that have been written on the board. Those who have gone to the school and tried have said the stories are true and that their names were erased. It's a really creepy place and has a lot of great stories. They're just trying to keep the, the chalkboard clean. <laughs> I know they're like, damn it, I just did this. <laughs> All righty, y'all. Well, that is going to go ahead and wrap up this episode for today. We hope you enjoyed. If you have state requests, just let us know and we'll get it on the lineup for sure. But with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off and we'll see you Thursday. Bye, guys. Toodles. Toodles.